0: more psychoanalysis has to deal with cultures different from that belonging to its foundations and initial diffusion and with the problems posed by the transformations of the contemporary world the intent of geographies of psychoanalysis is to draw a map of the psyche that takes into account the interconnections and differences that occur in a now globalized reality the focus of this first cycle is the problematic theme of death in different cultures and religions and the ways of dealing with it in the event of the pandemic. This podcast series is created by Lorena Preta and the Geographies of Psychoanalysis Group, editing by Massimiliano Guerrieri. Rubén Gallo is a writer, the author of Freud in Mexico Into the Wilds of Psychoanalysis, MIT Press 2010, and a professor at Princeton University. In this podcast, he explores the meaning in death in Mexico, from the well-known images of joyful skeletons painted by artists like Diego Rivera, to the more somber political and social manifestations of deadly impulses in contemporary society, including drug-related violence. I am Rubén Gallo, a writer and academic, and today I would like to share with you some reflections on the culture of death in Mexico. Without a doubt, you have read and heard about the special place death has in Mexican culture. You might have seen photographs or paintings of the Day of the Dead, when families visit their deceased relatives in the cemetery to bring them food, thus transforming mourning into a festive occasion. And you are probably familiar with the many joyful depictions of skeletons, skulls, and other symbols of death in the paintings of Diego Rivera, Frida Kahlo, and other Mexican artists. In popular music such as ranchero songs from the north, singers cheerfully announce that they are not afraid of death and that if they die, it should happen while they are drinking and dancing. I would like to suggest today that beneath this appearance of a unique and joyful approach to death, there lies a darker reality, one that is closer in spirit to traditional accounts of death in other societies. Octavio Paz, one of Mexico's greatest poets, made a similar argument in his essay, The Labyrinth of Solitude, published in 1950. Paz argued that many of the images associated with Mexico, the celebration of life, the passion for fiestas, music and dance, the raccox drinking, actually conceal a more complex psychology. Mexicans, he argued, are melancholic beings, and these outward explosions of joy are simply attempts to cover up an unresolved mourning, emerging from a series of historical traumas that hark back to the conquest of Mexico and to the violent encounter that ended with the destruction of the Aztec civilization. Paz, who was a passionate reader of Freud in his youth, Believed that these unresolved historical traumas resulted in a repetition called pod compulsion that can be observed in many of the most famous Mexican rituals. Bright celebrations full of music, song, and dance can easily degenerate into fistfights, leaving revelers dead. And in one of his most poetic images, Paz draws attention to how at every fiesta there comes a point when the life of the party, the person who has been drinking and eating and singing the loudest, inevitably plunges into an inexplicable melancholia and irrational feeling of solitude. The singing gives way to a taciturn state, for which the Spanish language has a beautiful word, ensimismamiento, becoming trapped in oneself. Past believed that the nation's unresolved traumas lead to a repetition of scenes of violence, which can be seen at various points in Mexican history. After the 1968 student massacre, a dark day in which the Mexican president at the time, Gustavo Díaz Ordaz, ordered the army to shoot on peaceful student demonstrating in a plaza, um, leaving dozens of young men and women dead. Paz read this event, which was one of the bloodiest in the 20th century, as a repetition of something that had occurred before. He noted that the massacre took place steps away from an Aztec pyramid, one of the few remaining structures of a city that was once called Latelolco, and which is now part of Mexico City. This was not a coincidence. The Aztecs used pyramids as temples for human sacrifices, and 500 years after the conquest, the student massacre was another form of human sacrifice. I would like to read a poem that Octavio Paz wrote in the days following the 1968 student massacre. At the time, Octavio Paz was serving as Mexico's ambassador to India, and he was living in New Delhi. And upon hearing about the massacre, he resigned his post and wrote a letter explaining that he could no longer represent a country that murdered its students I should also add that 1968 was an important year for Mexico for other reasons. In October, uh, just days or weeks after the massacre, Mexico was going to host the Olympic Games. And this was a very important moment to show the world that the country had become a modern, developed nation and that it had moved, moved a long way from the violence of the 1910 to 1920 revolution. Of course, the massacre ended up proving the opposite. So here is Octavio Paz's poem, which is called Olympics 1968, and it was dedicated to his friends Dory and Adia Junkers, written in New Delhi on the 3rd of October 1968. I'll read it first in Spanish and then in English. Here it goes in Spanish. La limpidez quizá valga la pena escribirlo sobre la limpieza de esta hoja. No es límpida, es una rabia, amarilla y negra, acumulación de bilis en español, extendida sobre la página. ¿Por qué? La vergüenza es ira, vuelta contra uno mismo. Si una nación entera se avergüenza, es león que se agazapa para saltar. Los empleados municipales lavan la sangre en la plaza de los sacrificios. Mira ahora, manchada, antes de haber dicho algo que valga la pena, la limpidez. Okay, and now the version translated into English by Elliot Weinberger. Mexico City, the 1968 Olympiad. Lucidity, perhaps it's worth writing across the purity of this page. It's not lucid, it is fury, yellow and black mass of bile in Spanish spreading over the page. Why? Guilt is anger turned against itself. If an entire nation is ashamed, it is a lion poised to leap. The municipal employees wash the blood from the plaza of the sacrifices. Look now, stained before anything worth it was said, lucidity. I think this is a poem that captures the dark side of the culture of death in Mexico, which is a topic that Octavio Paz wrote about at length. And one thing that is very striking about this poem is that it actually depicts the aftermath of the massacre, with the blood being washed away, being cleaned from the steps of the pyramid where the shooting took place and it talks about a certain hypocrisy of the Mexican government, which was preparing to celebrate the Olympics and welcome the world into what was supposed to be a new episode in the country. Okay, but now let us go back to the topic which we started, which is the culture of death in Mexico. Paz noted that sacrifices, with their share of sadism and destruction, continued to be repeated, though in different form and with different purposes, at the foot of the pyramid, which remained an important archetype in Mexican culture. Most importantly, Paz read this persistence of political violence as the underside of the famously joyful Mexican attitude towards death. A culture that does not respect death is a culture that cannot respect life. And the underside of the insouciance with which Mexicans treat death is the ease with which human lives can be cut short. Octavio Paz died in 1998, and he did not live to see the drastic changes undergone by Mexico in the past 20 years, which have been both positive and negative. On the positive side, Mexico has moved away from poverty in order to become the world's 15th economy an impressive jump that can be compared to India's progress in the same period. On the negative side, economic prosperity has not done away with the country's endemic problems, corruption, social disparities, the marginalization of indigenous minorities, and has actually intensified some of them. In the past 20 years, Mexico has witnessed an unprecedented wave of violence linked to drug trafficking. Over 275,000 people have been murdered since 2006, and thousands more have disappeared, including many students and young people. Traffickers engage in a sadism that makes the pages of Dante's Inferno read like a fairy tale, torturing victims, amputating fingers and ears, murdering them in the most gruesome scenarios, and filming the entire ordeal, before uploading it to social media, where the images are seen or circulated by tens of thousands of willing spectators in a phenomenon that has been described as violence porn. Drug-related violence has become a part and parcel of everyday life in Mexico, and the gruesome images can be found in the press and even on reputable television news programs. Recent literature, including the novels of... Writers like Elmer Mendoza, Yuri Herrera, and Eriberto Yepes provide a chilling account of this generalized sadism, while sociologists and political scientists struggle to find the cause and an explanation. Is this sudden outburst of death related to the 1994 signing of the Free Trade Agreement with the United States and Canada? Did it stem from the 2000 transition to democracy? and the loss of the elections by the PRI, the ruling party which had been in power since 1929, or perhaps is technology to blame. I would opt for a different explanation, one that recalls Octavio Paz's ideas about Mexican culture. The recent explosion of violence has coincided with a precipitous rise of drug use in the country. During the 1980s, Mexico was simply a transit point for drugs, traveling from Colombia and South America to the United States, a situation that changed in recent years with the development of a local market for cocaine. Cocaine has now become an integral part of the Raco's fiestas, analyzed by Octavio Paz, which are now louder and more dangerous affairs. And if in the past a celebration could suddenly explode into a fistfight, The threat of violence has now been amplified by the presence of automatic weapons and military-grade ammunition, combined with the possibility of filming and distributing the images on social media. Octavio Paz was right, a repetition compulsion structures Mexican history, and we can draw a line connecting the many episodes of violence in the last 500 years, starting with Aztec sacrifices continuing with the conquistadors' destructive drives and with the million people killed in the Mexican Revolution, and arriving at the current drug-fueled violence. All of these episodes can be read as the flip side of Mexico's famous attitude towards death. Many people abroad are familiar with the graphic depictions of death by artists such as José Guadalupe Posada, who made hundreds of woodcuts and engravings featuring elegantly clad skeletons and other curious images of death. But audiences abroad would be less familiar with the work of Teresa Margolles, a visual artist who has spent the last 30 years making installations and performances about the presence of death in Mexico. One of her pieces from 2009 is called Cards for Cutting Cocaine, It consists of small plastic-covered photos of victims of drug-related violence, close-ups of bludgeoned faces, and disfigured heads. By suggesting that these images could be used for cutting cocaine, Margoyes links the recreational use of drugs, called parting in slang, in both English and Spanish, to the sadism present in the drug trade. Once again, Death emerges as the reverse of the boisterous fiesta. This dialectic between life and death, joy and satism, can also be seen in other geographies. I am thinking, for instance, of social media. On the one hand, users tend to use apps to disseminate an image of a perfect life, posting photographs full of smiles taking in striking, beautiful settings, accompanied by what appear to be adoring friends and perfect partners. It is striking to see how most of these images that we see in Facebook and and other such applications seem to be designed to project an image of perfection, happiness, plenitude, and a perfect life. But, on the other hand, we also know that social media have unleashed an unprecedented amount of aggression, of which there are countless examples, ranging from teenage bullying to adult smear campaigns. Here, too, we see sadism as the unacknowledged underside of festive celebrations. The culture of death has been a constant in Mexican history over the past 500 years, But in the last decades, it seems to have reached a breaking point with hundreds of thousands of drug-related deaths and an unprecedented um, obsession with sadistic representations of violence celebrated involuntarily by those who share and repost videos of tortures and execution. It is almost um, tempting to ask, where will this lead? Is there a natural limit to the number of deaths and assassinations, which seem to be skyrocketing and doubling and tripling and quadrupling uh, from year to year? Where will these destructive drives lead Mexico? As Sigmund Freud was fond of saying, quoting a Spanish expression whenever he stumbled upon a thorny question that seemed unresolvable ¿Quién sabe?